What's up, guys, and welcome to the second episode of Sportsmanlike Conduct. I am Matt Soden. I'm here with my buddies, Mike and Cole. How we doing, fellas? Good. Great. So, um, Very good after it. Third week of quarantine. Um, and Is that how long it's been? Yeah, it kind of blends together, but practicing good social distancing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's get going here. Uh, hot topic right off the bat. Um, who do we credit more for – uh, the Patriots dynasty run, the nine Super Bowls, six victories, three losses. Um, Brady or Belichick? Um, Cole, I'll start with you. Uh, well, so I kind of look at it more of the aspect of every single time that there's an instance where the, the quarterback has to make a decision, which happens way too much on the football field because uh, I just feel like the quarterback – is so reliant, especially in a system where they don't always have the best receivers. Yes, they had Gronk and they had Randy Moss for a little bit, but in especially the last couple of years as well, where the court, where Tom Brady didn't have the weapons, he had to go into his own. He had to study their routes his himself and what they like to do and learn a wide receiver core that isn't necessarily the best. And then he had to make decisions and understand what he can do and can't do with them, even though he had a high skill level. And that's not like a discredit to Bill Belichick, but just figuring out who, who to throw to on what play and his understanding of how every play should look, I'm going to have to give it a lot more to Tom. Well, the offense definitely changed a lot throughout the years. Like it wasn't just, Tom, like, it wasn't every time he stepped back, he was just kind of like, he knew automatically, you know, like, Bill put together an offense every year that was a little bit different. You look at five, six years ago on the Patriots, they didn't have anyone to run the ball, so they aired it out every game. Now, look at the past two, two, three seasons, they're run first offense, you know, it, it, Bill is, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, Tom has made great decisions and obviously is one of, is the GOAT and makes clutch throws, but Bill has put him in such a place to succeed. I'm not, I'm not arguing that Bill hasn't put him in a place to succeed, but like you said, when they, don't have a, when they didn't have a running game and they aired it out a lot, even when they do have a good running game the last couple of years with James White and Sony, it's like – in those times of high-pressure situations or they need to score game-winning drive and you take the football and you give it to Tom and you say, here, take me to the promised land. I need to get there. I credit so much more of that to Tom than to Bill. I, so the way I look at it, I, I say this a lot. When If someone came up to me, gun to my head, who would I take right now? Bill or Tom, I'd much rather take Bill because he runs both sides of the football. Well, not so much the offense. You know, you have McDaniels kind of there. But that defense, we know that defense was great last year, though it did, uh, like, fade out down the road. Um, I still credit Bill more with implementing a system that works for Tom. Um, You know, maybe he did have shitbag receivers, right? Remember Kembrell Topkins or Aaron Dobson back in, you know, was that 2013? Yeah. Um, but then more recently, he's brought in players that work, you know, um, Amendola, Chris Hogan. Um, I don't know. You know, the list goes on. Um, 
so I kind of credit Bill with it because of him as running the whole team and then hit Bill as a GM as well, bringing in the players that fit the system, I guess. That's where I go. You know, I'm not discrediting Tom, what he did. You know, he won a Super Bowl last year with, you know, or two years ago, should I say, with Elman and Gronk and, you know, just kind of a depleted – you know, Gronk wasn't the same. It's kind of a depleted offense, I guess. Um, that Super Bowl wasn't high scoring. It was more of a defense too, but – um, that's where I stand on it. I just think it's difficult to say that Bill put Tom in a position to succeed way back in, what was it, 2013-14, when he was ready to ship Tom Brady out the door and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He wasn't ready to ship him out the door. He was back, He was old. He was drafting a backup that he thought he was going to develop and have him take over the reins. Yeah, even even – what was it two years? Like when they won the last Super Bowl, they wanted when they traded Jimmy G. They wanted to send. I saw the thing with the report where he called um Mike Lynch, or is it Mike Lynch? What the hell's it? The GM out in San Fran. I think his name is Mike Lynch. Um, they call him out. He's like, "Do you want Jimmy G or do you want Tom Brady?" And the guy was stunned. You know, the owner's John Lynch. John Lynch, uh, not Mike Lynch. Yeah, Mike Lynch is the reporter. Yeah. Um, with our friends over at ESPN. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I don't know. I I, I mean, you can't blame Bill for wanting to ship out an old quarterback. I think, yeah, I think Bill looks looks at his team as something. If there's anyone that looks at a team objectively, more than any coach in the NFL, it's got to be Bill Belichick. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit who you are, how much money you want. If you don't play the way he wants to play and if you're not fitting the system, he's going to ship your ass. Like Jamie Collins. We'll trade yeah. you for a sixth-round pick yeah. just to prove a point. <laughs> it's that uh, simple. So, it, And Tom was no different. You know, you even see that this year. He wanted more money. He was like, maybe he'll give me a little bit more money. Nope, Bill said, we're going to give you one year for less than what you made last year. And Tom said, you know what, I'll see you. I'm playing in Tampa Bay. No, no, no. That, that's, that's wrong. There was, a, it was, there was a quote from Robert Kraft talking about if we could have re-signed him, we would. They would have offered him all right, the money. Right, right, right. That's a I whole other one. I think it was a little bit of a press drag. Robert Kraft is – and, you know, he's – no, no way. If they really wanted to sign – they have the most cap room out of any team in the NFL. What do you mean if we wanted to re-sign him, we could have re-signed him? He didn't want to re-sign there. Exactly. Yes, he did. He wanted more money. But I think Brady – no, Brady didn't want to resign in New England. Brady wanted to fucking hightail it out of there. Brady got like $30 million in Tampa Bay. We offered him 10 Yeah, he – I don't know. I think he was over. I think there was a split between him and Bill at some point. You know, I don't think those reports were too, um, too far off. So, I think he wanted to get out of there. I really do. I think he, he did his time here, and he was like, you know what? I want a new challenge without Bill. Let's go play with Bruce Arians in a anus of a city in Tampa. That's also another point. I'm of the belief that when that Tom Brady couldn't do, couldn't show his full ability in Patriots because he had to fit Bill Belichick's system. No, whoa, I mean, what, dude? He is going to go to Tampa, and you are going to see him sling the ball so much more than he has. Yeah, because he's got fucking Chris <laughs> Godwin and Mike Evans, and right? Like, because he had to fit. Bill Belichick has to fit Bill Belichick's, Bill Belichick's scheme. Tom Brady, oh my god, he that offense was meticulously crafted, perfectly. 
to make Brady an MVP. The flea flickers and, like, yeah. I could... The quick passes. The offensive line was like my freaking peewee football team out there. Tom had literally half a second to throw the ball before he was pressured. The only way he was able to generate any time in the pocket was on trickery. Yeah. You watch highlights from that season. It's literally slants, out routes. Yeah, it's literally, it, they wanted – they had Edelman just – who's ancient, coming, he's 33, 34, he's got a blown knee, he was playing with, a sh- like, a torn shoulder, yeah. he's playing with all these injuries, he probably, like, can't even remember what his fucking mom's name is, he's that concussed, like, <laughs> put him down the middle, and Brady would just sling it, and that was his whole offense, and I think Bill mastered that, though, the Mohamed Sanu trade, I think was stupid, I don't think you can put Mohamed Sanu, who's just a big fucking giant running through the middle. I think that's where Bill screwed up with that, but regardless. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player, so it's never too bad to get him, and it wasn't a bad deal to get him. But, I mean, even if you look at, like, the old offense of the Patriots, like 07 and stuff like that, especially 07, but before, like, yeah, Brady could air the rock out. He was he's had a good arm, never was, like, weak. But then there was a phase of a few years uh, around, like, 2012, 13, 14, where everyone was criticizing his deep ball and his arm strength, saying, oh, is he getting older? He can't throw it deep as accurate, things like that. And so the the offense adapted. And then now they've realized that the arm's fine, but he's just going back to what, what has been working. So, yeah. I mean, he could go down to Tampa Bay, and Bruce Arians might draw up a – five wide verts send him deep every time offense, but it's unlikely. I don't know about unlikely, but you're def- they, they just don't have a running game, and I think that's going to put a lot more weight on Tom Brady, and we'll see a lot more of him. Yeah, who's, who's Tampa Bay's running back? Is it the, the two running backs? Um, it's like a running back. They're both all right. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember the, their names for the life of me right now. But, um, yeah, they both kind of split carries, had some decent games, each of them. But they're not like – you know, I think of Brady, I think of, you know, if there's nothing open downfield, he'll just dump it off to, like, James White, and James White will, you know, scrap you five yards or something like that, or Rex Burkhead type thing. I think that was, you know, especially the last few years, that was Brady's, like, bread and butter of his game. I was watching – the uh, I don't know if you the Super Bowl Fifty One highlight, you know, like the uh, they did the replay against the Falcons, mm-hmm. and holy shit, was he just so reliable on James White and Julian Edelman, and then even like these little freaking cut-ins by like uh, Chris Hogan, you know what I mean? Like, and I think I think he's got to have to adapt to a new um a new style of play in Tampa Bay, where it's kind of. I don't want to say it's got to expose him a little bit, but it's got to take him a little bit of time to kind of get over. You know, he doesn't have Edelman anymore. He doesn't have James White to, you know, his safety blankets. He has to get familiar with this new offense, and I think it's kind of got to show a little bit when, you know, when he first starts up, whenever football starts up, hopefully this fall. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So, oh, I think I think it was Bill. Um, Mike, what do you think? Who do you think? I guess I'd have to say 
when we're just talking about credit, they both get a ton of it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not discrediting Tom. But if there's a slight edge, it's got to be to Bill. Cole, I'm guessing you're on the Brady. Slight, slight, slight edge. Slight edge. I don't even know if I could do that. Like. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this: If Tom Brady stayed in New England, would you you would probably give Tom Brady more credit? No, no, no. I'm not like basing it off that. I'm just saying I was literally I, what I, what the big tough part for me is the clutch <laughs> the clutch drives. Like Bill, like Belichick can't be clutch. You know, I mean, he can call the best plays. He can have something saved in his back pocket for when things get going. But the double pass and shit. Tom's still gonna make the decisions, you know. So it's kind of hard for me. But I, I think I, meticulous in his preparation. So I think this next year or two is going to be big. I, you know, Brady's legacy is already sealed. I think, you know, if either or like either one of them can win without each other, then you'll really see like, okay, maybe it wasn't so much Brady or it wasn't so much Bill. You know, mm-hmm. if Bill can go out there and put in a deep run with Jarrett Stadium uh, Stidham or Brian Hoyer. Then you'd Everyone's be like, gonna be like, "Whoa, what the heck?" And then yeah. if Tom sucks in Tampa Bay, they'd be like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, what the fuck? Like this is all Tom's, you know? Like that would hurt his legacy. A yeah, lot. I think it would. Uh, I, I don't know if it hurt his his legacy. If Tom I think people would the goose egg in Tampa. I think yeah. people would start talking, but people would be like, no, "He's they, not as good without Bill." Blah, blah, he's blah. still the greatest quarterback of all time. Like oh there is no argument about that. Um, but I still. I think if he just lays down a fat goose egg in Tampa, then what's, people got to be what's like, the what definition that? of a goose egg? Let's say they go nine and seven. He has, you know, career high in interceptions or something like that. His touchdown numbers are down, and they that's get, not a goose egg. They get bounced. I was in thinking the, like like five and five and something like five wins. You know, if they like, go nine and seven, horrible. if they go nine and seven, get bounced in the wild card game. That's not bad. They made. But the they miss the playoffs in general. Or if they miss the playoffs, like that, that NFC South is that's yeah, a good division. Think, think about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan went to the Washington Wizards for the last two years of his career and did absolutely nothing. That's what I could picture Brady doing. Yeah, yeah, but but it, everyone it, was it, saying that MJ was the greatest. They weren't saying that the coach was the reason that MJ was winning. Right, but it never hurt his legacy to not do anything in Washington. People were like, oh, he's going to bring Washington to the playoffs. No, he's it's gonna not going to hurt Brady's legacy if he goes 0-16 two seasons in a row in Tampa Bay and then retires. Everyone will just look back on it and say, oh, he was great, and then he moved on, tried to do something else for a couple of years. People will just say that was a bad decision. He should have stayed in New England. He and could have stayed in New England and retired a Patriot and took taken no risks at hurting his legacy. But if he wins in Tampa Bay – He's he's, it's already solidified, but he's just he's etching it in stone now. Yeah, he wants to win a Super Bowl, or at least show that he has something else in him in Tampa Bay. Who Tampa Bay historically is the worst team. You can look at like they have the worst record in NFL history. So he wants to go to that team and be like, look at this. I can elevate this team more. And get him to that point. You know, Jameis Winston, you say what you want about Jameis Winston, the Duke can ball. You know, maybe his interceptions are a little bit too much. But, like, he can throw the ball. He can throw touchdowns. His decision-making stupid. Defensive but, player of the year. Def- yeah, literally. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, 
who knows? Hmm. But, all right. Um, want to do NBA stuff? Yeah. Sure. All right. Cole, why don't you take the reins on this one? You're the, you're the NBA guy. All right. So what we're doing, we're doing top five NBA players of all time. So big NBA guy. So obviously you got to put Michael Jordan at number one. When you think about Michael Jordan, six rings, six finals MVPs, it's just it's no contest. I think we all have him at yeah, number one. There's no contest. Number two, I go with LeBron. I think we we can all decide LeBron. I agree. Um, it's just crazy to think that on his career he averages twenty seven seven and seven, and he shoots just over fifty percent from the field, and like thirty seven percent from the three point line. Say what you want about going to the finals like nine times and only winning three of them, putting your team in a position like that to succeed is absolutely crazy. This is where we start to, uh, to change up a little bit. I went with Kareem at number three. Yeah, I got Bird. There I also got Bird. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about that? Dude, he's just the white mamba. <laughs> um, I think Larry Bird. So – you think of, like, the Celtics, you know, like, main core and, like, that. Those teams are great um, back when he played. Um, and he was revolutionary. You know, like, he was – he's – you know, now you see, like, all these, like, hyper-athletic guys. I think when you look at Larry Bird, dude had, like, 900 games, you know, averaged 24.3 points, 10 rebounds, 6.3 assists. It was about fifty percent from field uh, with field goal percentage. Wow, that, those are pretty solid stats, especially back when he played in those in those Celtics teams. I think he was just so revolutionary. When he's it comes- one of he's one of the only players that I say, "Wow, I wish I could have watched him play." Yeah, I know. I say that a little bit with Jordan, like, but I I kind of have like I've gotten like the essence of how he played because, you know, it wasn't too long ago. But with Bird, the game was different. People say that those are like the – like one of the – like the classic days of the NBA, like Bird versus Magic, L.A. Boston finals appearances every year. It was like – you know, I, I always think to myself, wow, I wish I could have watched Larry Bird play because, I mean, you look at his – you just look at his highlights and it's like – Oh my God! No, the yeah. dude was crazy. I mean, yeah, that's what I—I I put him at number four because if you think about it, it's like he—he he joined a team that I think missed the playoffs and was like a thirty-win team. He got drafted by the Celtics, joined them, and the next year they won sixty games. Yeah, he's a three-time NBA champion. He's a two-time NBA uh, Finals MVP, uh, and a three-time like Most Valuable Player. He's a twelve-time All Star, and I mean. Yeah, basketball but, was a different sport back then. I yeah, know now it's, it's become into the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I I know now it's like it's you know go down the you know run up and down the court and just try to slam threes. I know it's a different it's a different uh, game. Yeah, uh, but I think back when he was playing, he was you know he was like the top guy um, that everyone loved. You know, no matter like if you're a Celtics fan or not, he was the guy that you wanted to see. Yeah, I, I, I roll with Kareem because you, you think about Kareem's career and it's like who other in the game of basketball has 
a move that they go to and no one can do anything about it. He is yeah. he his the Kareem skyhook is by far the most engraved move in NBA history. It's crazy. Yeah, even like remember like as kids you'd be like, "Oh, look at Kareem, Kareem. like shoot it over." Yeah. Yeah. And it, he I mean leads all-time leader in scoring, which is absolutely absurd because everything was a two-pointer because it, it's just there was no such thing as a three and he played like he was he played like he was the best player on the floor every single time he has six rings five finals mvps i think um 18 time all-star 19 time all-star something like that it's just it's it's not even cl- and it would be one thing if he was just an offensive just cannon. But when he was on the floor, either sides of the ball, he would lock down people. He's granted it's hard to be bad defensively when you're seven foot two because you just stand in front of the rim and you don't get an offensive three seconds. Yeah. (laughs) But getting rebounds, blocking shots, his footwork was insane. Incredible. One of the best footwork for big men ever. The only person I'd really put in front of him is, Hakeem Olajuwon, but he doesn't make this list. But it's just – I put that in front of just Bird because he is by far the most accomplished player ever. He has the best resume out of any player. Yeah. No, I can see that. He he was around the – We all have him around three or four, you know. Yeah. It's not really – Yeah. For Matt, doesn't have him on his friggin' list. I like to be different. Um, So, for number four, uh, Mike, you have Kareem. Yeah, Larry. I have Kobe. <laughs> um, I think, you know, Kobe's been, you know, obviously tragic accident. He's been in the news a lot recently. And, you know, he was like us growing up watching basketball and those great Lakers teams. He was the epitome of, you know, literally just basketball. basketball. Yeah. Five-time champion, um, you know, finals MVPs. Uh, MVP in 2008, um, 18-time All-Star. You know, he was on the Olympics. He had, uh, you know, averaged 25 points per game, uh, 5.2 rebounds. Uh, I think as him, you know, the Mamba mentality, I look at him and I'm, you know, you think of literally 2000s basketball and he was the guy. You know, he was the dude – people would like line up to see against like a LeBron or a D Wade or something like that. And he, you know, he kind of tailed off at the end of his career, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and even when he tore his Achilles, what year was that Cole when he tore his Achilles and he came out and he shot the free throws 2012 or 2013 or something like that. Yeah. So like, even then he was, he was kind of, that was towards the end of his career. Yeah. But that was still like, we've all seen that. And then, he was just – he was – I think he was a great player. Um, he's definitely got to be a Hall of Famer. Um, so, uh, I put him uh, as four. Yeah, so, I mean, I put Larry Bird at my number four, but – which I did not put Kobe in my top five, which – You're crazy. I, I, I get why people would think it, but think – I've thought about this a lot, and – 
when you're in a position like Kobe, I'm not going to argue that he wasn't a great player. He's probably top 10 all time, if not sitting just outside, in my opinion. But when you're in L.A., you are going to get attention whether you like it or not. And regardless of the game you play, if you're, like a, if you're even a top 25 player, you're going to get so much more credit because you're in L.A. Yeah. And so for that reason, you're not putting him in the top five players of all time. No, but I think that there's a misconception that he was a lot greater than he was. Because, really? yes. Hmm. I put Tim Duncan at my number five because when you look at Tim Duncan, people need to realize is he, Tim Duncan has never won less than 50 games in any season except the lockout shortened season. Uh which was held to 50 games, and that year he won 37. Okay, uh, so give me your top three big men of all big time men? right now. Top three big men right now. Kareem, if you want to count Tim Duncan as a big man, but he's more of a forward, but Tim Duncan. And I'd probably have to go – I'm – Probably Shaq. Yeah. I have Shaq as my number five player of all time. That's a hot take. It's Tim Duncan. I don't know, man. <laughs> that's it, just – that's such a – I don't know. I, five, but fifth best player of all time. Yeah. It seems like mm. – Mike, what do you think about Shaq as my number five? I fucking love it. <laughs> he is, I was talking to Cole about this. I'm like, he's just that big, you know. Jack is the type of basketball I love to watch. Yeah, he's I just he was goofy, that. but he was good. Like he was, you know, he's a four time champion. You know, again, he was on the Lakers in that '90s Lakers teams uh, with Kobe at night as a rookie, and um, you know, 15 time NBA All Star. Um, did he win? Yeah, he won an MVP back in 2000. Um, yeah, that year was crazy. So, like, and he was he was good. You could shoot, you know. Now now you see him and uh, him and his beefs with, like, Charles Barkley on, like, the set of, what is it, TNT or whatever? Yeah, People, live on him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. And I, I think I just, I, you know, watching Shaq, he was just so dominant. He was just so big. Um, and I think it's – that's just the reason why I put him in the top five because he was not that he was unstoppable, but he was just so fun to watch. He was pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so that's like, that's another reason why I kind of discredit Kobe a lot is because of when he played with Shaq and the three chips he got with Shaq. Cause how that Lakers team worked was they would run an offense. And if their offense ran dry for three or four possessions, they shoveled it to Shaq and he just, dunked on whoever he was on it didn't matter who was in front of him he just put him on the block turned around and then put it 10 feet up in the air through the hoop and if if Kobe was having a good night and he caught fire then they kept rolling with Kobe and gave it gave Shaq his touches every once in a while but if they gave the ball to Kobe and two or three possessions that didn't work they looked to Shaq and then Shaq just scored because there was no way he didn't score there was there was probably only a handful of nights that Shaq had like a bad field goal percentage for him. And that was pretty much whenever he faced 
David Robinson against the Spurs. So that's four nights a year. Hakeem when Hakeem was good. And then Yao Ming for the two years that yeah. Yao was like excelling. Yeah. Right. Th- that's just that's just why I credit Shaq with those three championships from the two thousand and two thousand or nineteen ninety yeah, two thousand, two thousand three, yeah. whatever it was, two thousand two. Um I I fully credit Shaq to that because he was the anchor for that team and he was like the baseline. Yeah. Yeah, you and they were never gonna drop below a certain level of play because Shaq was so consistent and so dominant. What when you have a guard as your best player and they have off nights or they don't have good games, then you're gonna drop way below because they can't dominate like a big man can. Yeah, yeah, you see that. Still don't think Tom Tim Duncan's top five, but it's all right. All right, um. So let's move on here quick. Um, so big week, kind of, I guess. I mean, our first semblance of some kind of sporting event. We got WrestleMania, you know, Woo! indoors, pre-taped. Um, so I'll run through the match card here. Um, you know, if this was like live, this would probably be a pretty damn good WrestleMania. Um, yeah, the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki, uh, Nikki Cross for Women's Tag Team Championship. Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Otis is fucking huge. Uh, he's really fun to watch. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. They're really trying to raise Alistair Black's, um, you know, character and try to make him kind of like a face. You have Elias and Kid Corbin. Um, Raw Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Um, uh you have the Miz and John Morrison versus the New Day versus the Usos um, in a ladder match. Um, that so to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan in a Continental. Uh, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. And you have a fatal five way for this Women's Championship: Bailey, Sasha Banks, Naomi versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina. Then the NXT Championship. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Um, the, Raw te- uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Shayna ba- Baszler. And then you have probably my favorite match, Edge versus Randy Orton, last man standing. You have a Firefly Funhouse match, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. And then a Boneyard match, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. The WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. And then finally... I we have uh, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman Universal Championship, so pretty good ma- uh, set of matches there. Um, they're pre-taped, so I don't know. I think it'll be a good one. I actually appreciate. I'm in the boat of appreciating WWE of her putting on WrestleMania. I don't think it's a money grab. I think at times like this, you kind of need something to keep you entertained. You give people something to watch. Yeah, no shit. Like other than the news. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a two night thing. Might as well go out there, you know, and you know, it's already pre taped, so it's not like it's got to be live. So, you know, you got to see some of the best matches, you know, especially from like Goldberg or The Undertaker, who they're ancient. So, you know, they had the ability to take breaks if they needed it, or, um, you know, like they could edit shit out. Um, so I think from a strictly a standpoint of entertainment, 
you're going to see some of the best matches that you can possibly see, like, especially since it's not live. Yeah, they have a lot of creative freedom with the matches. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think of, you know, let's say Undertaker loses to AJ Styles. Dude's 55 years old. He's, what, 22 or 23 and 2 or something like that? Um, so do you think he should retire or do you think he stays? I think it's time he goes. I'd have to uh, agree. I look. I I watched Undertaker a lot growing up, and I'm I was someone who I don't think he should have lost to Brock Lesnar. I think if he was going to lose, he should have lost against Triple H when Shawn Michaels was special guest referee back at uh, WrestleMania in 2014 or something like that. Well, what one was that? Was that Triple H? Was that Hell in a Cell? Yeah, that was Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was in Miami, I think. Yeah, that was Miami. And I think if that was if there was a match he would have lost, it should have been that one because they titled that one end of an era. Yeah. I think at this point he's lost to uh Brock Lesnar and who was the other person? Roman Reigns he lost Roman to? Reigns, yeah. I think it's obvious that WWE is using him to push him up to using him to push other people over because Roman Reigns has been in the position for so long of the company trying to get people to like him. It's just painful at this point. Yeah. Um, I think you look at, especially with like the rate of serious life conditions that wrestlers are being put in and the, how young wrestlers are dying nowadays. It's pretty crazy. And to, to ask, I, I get it's his decision, but to ask someone, or allow someone to keep wrestling when they're 55, knowing that you have people dying at like 62, like Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. It, it's like, you gotta, you gotta take a step back. It's the, the company doesn't need him anymore. Yeah. I think, I think he actually, I think he stays. I think he'll do one more. Um, just because you're going to see the best match that you've seen from Taker for a while. Um, because it was already pre-taped. Um, I think he stays. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I think he has, you know, one. I think he'll do like one more WrestleMania and he'll end it against. I don't know. Picks. I don't know. See, see that's that's the problem though, because like, who does he end against now? He's faced Brock Lesnar. He's faced uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Who does he face now? Are you saying he should end it against AJ Styles? No. Well. I think he should have retired a long time ago. If the word, yeah, well, yeah, we yeah, I think so too. So <laughs> yeah. How do we get a fitting retirement for him then? Who should he go against? I guess you could see it this because he was, you know, AJ Styles talking shit about his wife. So like, you know, let's bury AJ Styles or bury Undertaker and then just call it a match. I'd like to see a rematch with him and Roman Reigns and see him kick his ass and then retire. Roman Reigns would kill him. Roman Reigns is twenty years younger than. Don't care. Than, uh, Don't care. Show <laughs> the young bucks how it's done. That's the problem with WWE is they have fantastic entrance plans for superstars. Like you always see the comebacks and you see the appearances and shit like that, but you, they never have an exit plan for anyone because when you, when you see people go out, the only people to really get a good retirement is Ric Flair. I don't even, I can't even name you another one. Ric Flair is like one of the old, Sean, Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels, yeah, the, the super kick to the face to end yeah. it. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, th- those are the guys who got big retirement. Like this is it. You're done. Great opponent to finish you off. Like, but it it doesn't make sense because WWE just hasn't put Undertaker in a position like that. And then they're doing the same thing with John. They just use him to push people over. Yeah. So our next thing, um, should John Cena pull a rocket and fully transition to Hollywood, or do you think he should continue wrestling? Like we've we've kind of seen Cena in like a a revert, not a reverse role, but like a uh, like a limited role. Like he only wrestles every now and again. He'll show up, you know, do a promo, and not he's wrestle. like a hype man. He needs to go. It's kind of sad to see him when he comes in now. I love everyone loves him. But you can so tell that they just throw them into the middle of stuff that is just – it's not working. People aren't feeling it. So they just throw John Cena out there. He five-knuckle shuffles somebody, and then everyone goes nuts. It's yeah. just not the same anymore. He's not doing crazy matches and stuff like that. And he, I think he should just – I think he should just go. I, I look at a guy like Chris Jericho, and I think about how his career looked with WWE and, like, how he went out the door. And so Chris Jericho was a part of Chris Jericho was a part of a band and pretty much he would go on tour with his band. And then every in-between stage, he'd come back to WWE and he'd push someone. So one year it was the Miz, then CM Punk uh, and then like Dolph Ziggler and someone else. It was always someone that he would push. And I feel like not to that extent, but if John Cena just, kind of broke his year into two parts and looked at SummerSlam to WrestleMania. He gives himself maybe seven matches throughout that time span. I think it could work. Or maybe Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Yeah. So- I, I think he should, because Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, and like WrestleMania, you have three big ones. I think, I guess SummerSlam too. Um, but, you know, like in the winter, you have like, Royal Rumble is always a good time to come back. You know, we saw that infamous John Cena returns from a legit surgery. Um, yeah, back in 2008. Yeah, at the Garden. And that was crazy. Um, yeah. But I I think Cena, I think he stays. Um, you know, he has this these fucking matches with Bray, like Bray Wyatt. You know, he has another one coming up. And then he's had Brock Lesnar. And then he's had, you know, The Rock. Um he had the Undertaker a few years ago at WrestleMania where he lost in like three minutes or something like that. Or yeah. Two minutes. Yeah, he got spanked by Undertaker. So like, it. Uh, that I same think, thing. That same thing we were talking about with Brady and how it's hurting his legacy, even though that's not real for Brady. I feel like that's happening with John because WWE is willingly making him a joke for the last couple of years of his career. He looks like a fucking traffic cone when he walks out there. Or like a, you know, like his green, his fucking lime green, like shorts, lime green shirt. The fucking never give just, up hat. I have never heard of a superstar more committed to WWE ever in my life. I've, even like Bret Hart, people like that will tell you that like WWE is pretty much the company that'll wait till you get to the old dog stage and take you out back and put a bullet in the back of your head. And it's like, John Cena, just from what I watched growing up, he is so in love with the company that they're taking advantage and they're just like, they use him to push people and push people and push people and push people, make a joke out of him, push people. Even with Undertaker, it's like, oh, Undertaker's uh, 
career is kind of being put in question because he's lost a WrestleMania match now. What are we going to do? We're going to have him face John and just absolutely wreck John Cena and that'll put him back up. The dude was like, he was on the wrong side of 50 or he was like approaching 50 too when that happened. So I was like, really? Undertaker just whooped John Cena, who is supposed to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. (laughs) Like, he just beat him in two minutes? What? Yeah. I I think think John needs to stay. I think they, if there's any hope for WWE to like turn around their – exit plan for superstars they gotta give john cena a better end to his career yeah it'd be so dumb for him to go out right now it's just he's been absolutely whooped the last like four or five years yeah i don't know who he'd face though he's another guy who the hell would he face like i would love to see a match between him and edge again i'd love to see a match even though it's not going to happen they're only doing they're literally going to play edge week by week so well, Edge. There was a report that Edge signed like a multi-year contract with WWE. Um, I, I mean, I'd love to see him face Edge. I think Jeff Hardy would be a great match. Huh? You said that Edge signed a multi-year contract. Yeah, he signed a multi-year deal with WWE to come back. He's forty-six years old. Yeah, he like had triple neck. fusion neck surgery like three and times. Literally, he had to go. So the he, WWE is like. Is like that. It's ah, it's just like that expression. Like they just can't break up with the. They can't let the girlfriend go. You know. Yeah. Well, Edge. So Edge, he retired nine years ago. So when he came back, it was like, what the hell? Like you never heard rumblings of Edge returning. You know, like you always get those guys who come back, like The Rock will show up or like Goldberg. Because well, like his, his deal's real. Because he, it he got injured by Chris Jericho. He had to go get triple neck or triple fusion neck surgery. Then he came back in the 2010 Royal Rumble. Then he wrestled for like two and a half years. And then he got injured off a, a spear to Brodus Clay on the sidelines of a Friday night SmackDown. And he grabbed his neck and rolled there for like five minutes. They had to cut to commercial. Announced the next like two weeks that he was retiring on Raw. And then he only made little appearances here or there at like Hall of Fame speeches or pretty much anything having to do with Christian. I think he was a guest host one week on Raw. Yeah. And that, 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 that's like, he, he friggin' broke, like, his neck's done. Like, the dude. Yeah. So, I guess, the, there, was a, there was, like, an interview with him, and he's like, um, yeah, like, he, he took a nasty tumble, I guess, like, mountain biking. So, like, he was like, you know what? Like, my neck doesn't hurt. Might as well give it a shot. So he trained, and I, he did a really good job. He asked WWE to send him a ring to his house. So he, like, trained in his house, and he came back. And when that theme song dropped, you know, like, right at that Royal Rumble, like, that was crazy. That was amazing. Um, and I think, I think he's got to have a good match with Randy Orton. I think he's, he's got to be limited. But you're going to see Edge more, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean – to to go back on topic, I think John could face any of the good old guys. Like, Jeff, e- even a match with Randy, I would love to see Cena versus Randy again. I think Randy, that feud yes. is – I think that's one of the best feuds ever in WWE. I think – imagine him and Hardy again, Jeff Hardy. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I don't know if either one of them can still do it, but, you know, Jeff Hardy's still, out, still in WWE. I know he's broke, yeah. but – I think Ray would be a great matchup for him. Yeah. Um, they just got, they got to dig. They got to find someone who's like a genuine 
WWE face. Yeah, they can't just try to push people. I hope Batista comes back and just. <laughs> That'd know. be a good match. That'd be. A I good I've I've kind of I've burned myself out in Batista. His last match with Triple H last year at WrestleMania kind of sucked. Um, but it, it he's fun to watch. You know, he's just a big meathead who comes out. Yeah. Spine bust people, but. Oh. Yeah. Um, All right. So um, with that with that set in stone, uh, we want to shift over to uh, MLB. Yeah. Um, so that Players Association, they came back on uh, – so they're paying minor leaguers um, through the end of May or, or through the – it's either through the end of June or something like that or until MLB season starts. Um, so they, they've come to agreement that they – they can play if they decide uh, to play in front of no fans. So um, they get, let's say, let's say uh, the shelter in place order in Massachusetts gets lifted at May 2nd or whatever. Sox can take a few weeks for spring training and then they can go play ball at Fenway park, but there may not be a fan may not be fans there until the summer. Um, so they've come to that agreement that they can start playing. Um, whenever it's deemed safe enough for them to play baseball. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I think it's good. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to, but if they, if they play, they're going to risk having the coronavirus go through the whole league. But if it's deemed safe, like, I don't think they won't play right. Like right now, hell no. I'm saying like in May. So I think their tentative start date is like mid to late May. So I think if you start to see the coronavirus kind of get wa- not washed away, but the like numbers are going down, you'll see them start playing with no fans uh, because right now any revenue is good revenue. You know, exp- it's going to help the economy as well. It's like you you know just just by TV watches and like ads and everything, just as is. Even if you don't have fans, you're gonna you'll start to see like leagues, even NBA, NHL, and then we're gonna hit on this later. Um, but you're going to start seeing them really consider playing without, even without fans. I think yeah. almost, I think MLB should follow in the footsteps. I think almost any other major sports league should follow in the footsteps of the NBA because NBA was the season that had to cut their season short because of it, because yeah. one of their players already got the coronavirus. So if you're if you're like if you're the MLB and you're the commissioner and you're like all right we're gonna start our season now even though the NBA already shut down their season and they're still not coming back because they're still dealing with it but I think we're good because we don't have it yet I feel like that's just shooting yourself in the foot I feel like if the if the league or if the NBA is this league that still had their season and their season should still be go- going on but they're not playing yet I don't think they should play so I think the only thing with baseball is that they need. Um multiple like they need multiple weeks if not like a month um of like a retraining again to get all the players up you know you need to rebuild arm strength and rebuild other strengths just yeah so i think i think you could start seeing them start training in the beginning of may um and just play in june maybe um and then hopefully july and august you have fans get in there um so yeah I don't know. I also we can talk about this another day, but um, uh, Rob Manfred came out and said, let's say the MLB season is 
canceled. You know, there's no baseball. A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunho from the Houston Astros, they got suspended, and they were fired. They got suspended for a year for the cheating scandal or banging on fucking trash cans. They, Rob Manfred came out and said that if baseball is canceled, their suspensions, like, that counts as a suspension. So they can come back next year without any baseball played. They were suspended for one year entirely with a full baseball season. I think that's bogus. But we can talk about that at a different time. Um, I wanna, can I bring up a, an MLB topic? Um, Chris Sale getting his, uh, his Tommy John surgery? Stupid. That's, oh. that's a lot of, you know, with all these, for those of who, you guys who don't know, um, Chris Sale got Tommy John surgery, I think yesterday, maybe the day before, or recently, within the last week or so. And the controversy controversy with it is that the surgery you, you you imagine a surgery you have to you have to have gloves masks you have to sterilize the area you have to clean it you have to use anesthetics you have to use valuable medical supplies that the country is in a severe shortage of mm. just on this player who has non-vital non-essential arm surgery for a yeah. season that could not even be played maybe yeah, people are outraged, and I think everyone has the right to be because you you look at these hospitals that need these this equipment, and they just wasted a bunch of it on a guy getting shoulder ligament sur- or elbow ligament surgery. Yeah, I I read a report saying it was tough to find a doctor that would do it. Understandably so. Like you're in a fucking pandemic. Like obviously you're not gonna like. You're not going to go to like, priority. yeah, you're not going to go to Mass Gen and be like, oh, yeah, you need to do Chris Sale's uh, like elbow surgery. You're going to tell you to like kick it. They'll like, say, yeah, come back in three months. Yeah, literally. Um, which goes to the point where I think they should have should have done it, you know, weeks ago when he first had shoulder, all right, elbow issues. All right, close it down, go get the surgery. But I don't know. I, I agree with I Like, I'd be pissed too if I was like, you know, somehow I'd be I'd be heated that day. Even if they say the st- they only used, say there was three people to do the surgery. That's three masks, three yeah. gowns, three set of gloves. You know, like that could save people. At minimum, yeah. Yeah, people wear that going through an entire day, if not two days, at a hospital, like yeah. nurses. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Um, let's do top three NFL quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, this will be fun. Yeah. yeah, so I'll give you my top three right now uh, in the league. So this isn't all time. Um, so I, my top three are as follows. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Patty Mahomes. Wow. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I know. I To not have Patrick Mahomes at number one, let alone. No, it's a close second. From, so I have Russell Wilson at number two. And I can see why you put Russell Wilson above Pat Mahomes. But why, why is Drew Brees above Pat Mahomes? You look at Drew Brees and you, tell, you think Brady's defying odds for age. Like, you look at Drew Brees, this dude can still sling the rock, and he has a fucking team. He has uh, Michael Thomas um, and even, like, um, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook is on that team. He can still throw the football. We're he talking about quarterback. He has great sense. He can. He has. If you a had good to go arm. start a team tomorrow, 
which one of those quarterbacks did you want? I what out of the, my top three? Yeah. Yes. I'd probably, I'd still probably put Brees in there. I, I what the hell, dude? No. I would, t- I would take Drew Brees over. Pat Mahomes is literally, Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson are literally better quarterbacks than him. I think Drew, I take. And they're younger. That, yeah, but I take, you know, Drew Brees' um, skill, like just mental skills too and having an idea of like, I think he's got more experience than Pat Mahomes. And I think, dude. I, I yeah, he's great, but you'd rather have Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson for three straight I, games. I would not rather have Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson. I'd take Russell Wilson over Pat Mahomes any day. I said Pat Mahomes or Russell Wilson, and that's another oh, debate. I don't know. How can you – like, I get experience is a thing. Obviously, someone who's in their 40s is going to be more experienced than someone who's in their early 20s. But what, from what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, how, how can experience play an effect – the dude is already insanely clutch. He came back from three playoff games in a row, down 10 points, and won in the fourth quarter. Okay, he, that offense is fucking crazy. That offense because is Because of him. Dude, because, you yeah. could put me You could put me in there in that offense. No, dude, you could make mind. eye contact with Andy Reid and throw it to the other side of the field and be accurate. Uh, I, I do – I think that offense. I there are so many moving pieces around Pat Mahomes that you could put not just about anybody, but you could put like yes, Tyree fucking Gavin in there, and he would be all right. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. But Pat Mahomes is what makes them so great. I think I I still take Drew Brees over Pat Mahomes any day. Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the AFC Championship for the next ten years if we watch football. At least, at least ten years. I think Drew Brees. I still think I think I think Sean Payton sucks, and I think Drew Brees is in a is with a crappy head coach. They haven't been they haven't won a Super Bowl in I can tell you how long. Yeah, Sean Payton. I mean, they have gotten some bad luck, but I don't know, man. They just find a way to blow games. But it's not about the whole team. It's we're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think I still think Drew Brees has what it has what it takes to be a top three quarterback. And I, it's not. I'm not saying like you could literally flip a coin. And say, okay, yeah, I want Pat Mahomes over Drew Brees. I just think when it comes to a like a big game situations, I think I would rather take Drew Brees just strictly over knowledge and experience than I would Pat Mahomes. I'm For not one saying game in one game only championship right now, you would take Drew Brees. Probably yes. Wow. Even I... though all he's done is lose for the past ten years. They've always been – they've been consistently good. I mean, he's had some shit luck. I think Sean Payton's a joke, but – Mike, you have Mahomes, Wilson, and Lamar, right? Yeah. We're talking about in the league right now. Mahomes, We're not talking about Lamar. legacy. We're talking I about – I think Lamar – Start a team I, tomorrow. Who would we want? There think, has literally not been another quarterback on the faces of a planet that has had, like, a better start to their career than Patrick Mahomes have had so far. MVP championship. I'm not saying Pat Mahomes isn't like a great quarterback. I'm just saying, like, I'd much rather have Wilson over him. Um, saying, like, I'm still saying Breeze experience and the dude can still play football. He can still throw the ball. Uh, but, like, what well, I, I get experience as a thing, but how much does it matter when Drew Breeze continuously is losing in like these first round matchups like he did this past year? But, 
I credit Sean Payton as a shitty coach for that. I think right, Sean Payton's a joke. Right. But do you also think Andy Reid's a joke, do you not? No, I think Andy Reid's a less of a joke. I think Andy Reid has some bad play calling, but I think Andy Reid's a better coach than Sean Payton is. I'll give I you think, that. Yeah, I, I you know, agree with sometimes, that. like, Andy Reid, like, he has just these egregious, like, what are you doing? But Sean Payton just doesn't know how to scheme a football team, and their defense hasn't been good in – I couldn't say how long either. Um, right. I mean, neither has, neither has Kansas City's defense. I mean, they're, they're all right. They intercept the ball yeah, a couple times. Yeah, their defense is – their defense is hit It doesn't minute. matter because they can score 40 points you can game every uh, night. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and God knows who else, Sammy Watkins. He sucks! Like, yeah, it, but – that all of them combined is just makes up a fucking perfect blanket for Pat Mahomes. Dude, the, the only the, the only you reason put, why you could put the Danvers high school football team out there with Pat Mahomes and he would win it. He would get to the playoffs. I I do not think so. You could okay. I, I get your crediting his his the people his offense, but think about what Tyreek Hill is. Tyreek Hill is literally someone who gets down the field and. He's insanely fast. Probably one of the fastest wide receivers. In the Cheetah. Not the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> and then he can catch it. But it's yeah. not like – You can literally – you can just have a dude with a big arm throw it down there. He'll do the same thing. But it's how accurate he is with it. Oh. You're, you're – dude, you're, you're from another planet or something. This uh, is I, – I can't – like, Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is so head and shoulders above the rest of the league right now, it's not even funny. He's just so skilled. He could, just, he could so turn rude. around, grandma shovel it between his legs, no look, put his hand in front of his eyes, and probably get a touchdown. All right, well, that doesn't matter. That's his fancy show-off stuff that is extra. I no, I know. I about how efficient he is. Insanely efficient. You could have a team – like, look at the Patriots last year, AFC Championship. He was shut out 13 nothing at halftime. He was shut out in the first half. And then they lost by a field goal. 30, or they lost by a touchdown, and they had 30 points, 31 points in the second half. And he was down 10 points in three consecutive playoff games, and he came back in the fourth quarter every time. Yeah. We're witnessing greatness. He is he, – uh, there has been – I've watched a lot of people make arguments that there has not been a single quarterback, not all time, but at this point in Patrick Mahomes' career, no one as good as he is right now in a quarterback position. Oof. Whether you agree with it or not, it's a conversation. third year? No, no, not in the – forget how many years leading up to it. Just how good he is right now. There hasn't been this – like, no, that's outrageous. He hasn't had his seat. What? No. Like, take the best Patrick Mahomes we've seen. That's Patrick Mahomes right now, right? Yeah. All right. How many touchdown passes did he throw? 45? Something like that? He have 50, the year before this one, he threw over 50. But this he one he got like No, he threw 50 on the dot. Okay, 50. And then this year he got injured, so I don't really count. I don't really care about his touchdown count this year because he's not obviously – Okay, so how about that year Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdown passes? Brady did. Couldn't even move his neck. Yeah, he was with the Broncos. Yeah, he threw it to Emmanuel Sanders and um, – uh, what's his name? Demarius 
Thomas. Demarius Thomas. Yeah, fucking Julius Thomas, too. Remember the tight end, Julius yeah, Thomas? Julius Thomas. And, and, uh, what was that? Oh, my God. What was the running back? No Sean Marino? Yeah, no Sean Marino and fucking um, – 55 touchdown passes with a geriatric quarterback. <laughs> right, and, I mean, my response to that is Peyton Manning's one of the best regular season quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's way better in the regular season. How many Super Bowls does Peyton Manning have? Three. One. Two. Two. How many does Pat Mahomes have? One. One. Bingo. What? That, I'm not making – Cool. I'm actually – I kind of want to – So you're busting my balls about my number two right now? Your number two is fucking egregious. I, I think – Rodgers? Dude, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been good in years. I know. He's probably my number four. I'd put Aaron Rodgers – Maybe top five. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers hater. I think Aaron Rodgers is old. He is old. Um, I don't think he can do what he can't. What he used to be able to. Um, I think he looked better this year without Mike McCarthy. But I, I think that I think everyone's going to be surprised next year. I think I, him and uh, Lafleur are going to generate some chemistry. I think okay. This is kind of how I view it. I think Patrick Mahomes is like a better Aaron Rodgers in terms of like their skill set. Because yeah, they're very similar. They are because they're extremely talented in, in throwing the like they, they have an arc. A dime and they can both move a little bit. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes is a little bit more mobile. But yeah, well, just because Aaron Rodgers is old. Right, 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 and that's why Aaron Rodgers like isn't my number one because Patrick Mahomes is just he's a little bit more accurate and he moves a little bit better. And, but it's like if you put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand and he can move a little bit, if you give him a little bit of time in the pocket to move around and get to the spot and the angle he needs to be at, he's making that pass no matter what. Well, how, like, do you put, but how do you put him again above Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson's your third. Because I, I don't think Russell Wilson has, a, has nearly as much arm talent as Aaron Rodgers, but, he, but he's so much more mobile than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I... Mm. Russell Wilson's a winner. You know what I mean? I know. I agree. And that's why he's my number three. He's my number three. I think but, Russell, what Russell Wilson's able to do. Dude, they have, I'd rather have Russell Wilson. Their team sucks so bad they brought back Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Russell Wilson is younger. He's a 31. Aaron Rodgers is like late 30s. Yeah, he's like 37, like, 38. Yeah, like. I'd put Russell Wilson yeah, over it's Aaron a no-brainer. Like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball further. He can throw a good Hail Mary. But Russell yeah, Wilson's can, just as Yeah, accurate. literally. That's Aaron Rodgers' game. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers hater, too. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Um, I he just, is. No, yeah, he's good. He's, I, but he's – I don't know. I just – I don't put him top three at all. Yeah, I, I don't think maybe he's top, top three. Maybe five. I'm definitely outside of five, actually. Um, I just I, – I feel like Russell Wilson is the kind of quarterback that, if you look at him, the, how I describe Russell Wilson, he's a quarterback that can run, right? And he's going to be consistent pretty much throughout the entire, whatever it is, 60 minutes of the game. There's never going to be a time where he dips down. He's going to be super consistent throughout the entire game, throughout the regular season too. I mean, look at the start of the season. Russell Wilson was crazy. But with Aaron Rodgers, whenever I view it as whenever he kind of, he coasts, which I'm not a fan of, but he does it. But in that, in the high pressure situations, he'll step it up when he needs to, probably because he's wicked arrogant which is another thing I'm not a fan of. But he'll, he'll turn it on, and he'll just look like a god, and he's unstoppable. 
And when I view quarterbacks, I think about those times as opposed to just the coasting and the being, or as opposed to just the being consistent, like consistently really good, which is Russell Wilson. And then Russell Aaron Wilson is a consistent god. I, I don't know about a consistent. He doesn't get sacked. He makes plays. Because he's so mobile. He's not really that mobile. Like, he can move a little. Like, he's, he can move, but. No, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is an athlete. He is crazy athlete. Um, yeah, but he's not like he's. It's not like he's running around like Lamar Jackson back there. No, it's his arm that's more important. He run. He's a quarterback that can run. He's not a running quarterback. Right, but I, I'm just. I'm thinking about the Aaron Rodgers times where, like, I, I don't know. I I like Aaron Rodgers' arm, arm talent, looking down the field. I think. I would value that in Aaron Rodgers more than I would in Russell Wilson. I'm not saying I don't value Russell Wilson. He's my number three. I just give the edge to Aaron Rodgers. No way. I'd rather have Russell Wilson. I'd rather have Russell Wilson over anyone right now. I think Russell Wilson. Well, that's just ridiculous because I'd rather have Mahomes. I think Russell yeah. Wilson's a stud. Um, I like how he moves. I think he's, despite, you know. That Mahomes is literally just a, an eight-year, seven-year younger version of Russell Wilson with a <laughs> bomb of an arm. He's got an ICBM attached to his shoulder. I hate how Russell – I hate how uh, Pat Mahomes does that little jog, you know, when he runs. It's like that. I, I'll give you that. I, I don't like it either. And I don't like the no-look passes, but you know what? It's his thing. Yes, no-look passes, please. But – I don't know. None of you guys Lamar Jackson on your list. No, Lamar Jackson's overrated. Um, yeah, what? Lamar Jackson is wicked overrated. I think he's got to suck this year. Not suck. I think he's got to take a big step back. He's a freak athlete. I can give a shit. I can give a shit if he's a freak athlete. He's a he's a fucking running back who can throw the ball. I I like I when I think of Lamar Jackson, I think of a Houston Rockets team a while ago, and the Houston Rockets team were sick in the regular season. Like no one was stopping them. They had like sixty-five wins. They were absurd. They were the number one seed in the West. And then they got to the playoffs, and teams could actually sit there, take a step back, put their hand on their chin, and be like, huh, all right, I'm going to think about it. And look at everything, think about how to stop them, and then they just stopped them because they actually had time to think about it. And that's exactly what happened in the playoffs, and that is what's going to happen next year because now there's a system to figure them out. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean? The reason the Titans beat them in the playoffs is because they were the perfect team to do it. The way you beat that Ravens team is to pound the rock and have a good big defense. And I think would shove their two thick running backs at you, and then they'd drop back for a pass. Have Lamar Jackson run it. They would. They would run at you all you different can, ways. And yeah, but you can you can adapt to like you know that's great at playing the run and to control the clock on offense. They literally the Titans would burn half clock every time they touch the ball. Right, but you but like stay in the game. But teams are preparing for that this off season. The Titans are the only team. You know, what? Is every team in the league gonna become a power run team just to beat Lamar Jackson? No, they're gonna no, they're gonna learn how to stop Lamar Jackson. And they're gonna not, I just told you how to beat Lamar yeah, Jackson. But they're not gonna become a run team. They're gonna un- defensively they're gonna be like, oh, here comes Lamar Jackson, he's gonna scramble out of the pocket and throw it. It's like okay, we can No 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 no. Oh, yes, 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 that's his whole game. Quarterbacks that can scramble and throw outside the pocket if since running's been invented. That's always been a thing. Defenses have always known how to account for that. I'm talking about the running. The pounding it up the middle, the run plays with the three different running backs: Lamar Jackson, 
Mark Ingram, and um, I forget that third guy's name. But those three guys all big, pound you, pound you. Then Lamar Jackson can put a move on you. Okay, so that so that <laughs> speaks more to their running backs than Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. The way the way you match up against a scrambling quarterback that throws is you have to have fast linebackers. You have to be able to move outside the pocket and stay with your men and then come up when the quarterback threatens to run. The way you beat the power run is to have thick linebackers who can clog up the middle. Or have like so when the so when the hold on the so hold on when the when the Ravens line up with three guys in the backfield and two wide receivers, what do you do? Do you have the big guys to clog the middle, or do you have the athletic guys for when they scramble or run a play action? Or let's say they take one of those. There's not three guys in the backfield. There's Lamar Jackson, a running back, and a tight end. What do you do? Um, I'm probably sticking. I'd probably it sucks. Is the is my point? There's I, no way to cover it well. I still yeah, but they were able to do it for um his first year. He wasn't good at all. He remember people were booing him. Joe Flacco started most of the season. We give a shit, but when they put Lamar Jackson, he sucked. They didn't was, have an offense for him. And I th- I still think they'll be able to find they'll be able to find ways to stop Lamar Jackson. He never he he might down the line, but for as of right now, Russ, Lamar Jackson. It's not a, just a three-step drop, sit in the pocket, and throw it all day. No, no absolutely not. But they'll, be, they'll find a way to neutralize him. In, in like, they, drew, they had the perfect offense for him all season this year. They knew exactly they what they had to do. You think they can repeat that? You know how hard it is to repeat that year in and year out? I mean, dude, they could do it. They, it might not be as good. I'm saying, I'm saying he's got to take a step back. I think that's what I think. John Harbaugh's think- a good coach, and he's going to figure it out. He's not stupid. He's seen no, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying Lamar Jackson got to take a step back, and I don't think he's a top three quarterback in the league right now. I really don't. He has, I mean, he has he's the MVP for a reason, guys. Like I, I, I think besides Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. If you're starting a team tomorrow, you want Lamar Jackson. He's literally two he's playoff games. Old. Not pretty. That's what I. Twenty-one years old. How old is he? Twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-one, twenty-two. I'll, Look it up right now. I believe he's either way, oldest. Big trust. <laughs> Fucking Mark Ingram. I saw that video today. It's so cringy. He's 23. He's 23. That's so right, he, because we had a younger MVP than Heisman winner this year. How so how sustainable do you think he is? You know, if you know, you see running backs who, you know, they'll be burnt like Todd Gurley, they'll be burned out by 30. Do you think he can do what he's doing? Todd Gurley got 30 – well, Todd Gurley had a horrible knee sur- knee injury in college. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, you've seen running backs get burned out. Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson only runs the ball 10 times a game. That's still a lot. No, when you're getting hit and you're I, – I don't think it's very – I don't think it's sustainable. If Todd Gurley only ever got 10 carries a game, he'd be fine. Yeah, but uh, – I still don't think it's a sustainable way to play quarterback. I really don't. Oh you, yeah, no. It's it. All the scrambling quarterbacks eventually get knocked. They get hurt. You know, it just happened. Robert Griffin. <laughs> no, I mean, well, that's he had other things going on. He he had little glaring issues in his game that people didn't see. But where it hurts is if they start to rely on the running too much. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, all he ever heard coming out of college in those first two years was, "Ah, oh, you can't throw the ball. You can't throw the ball. You can't throw the ball." 
look at his look at the season. You know, he didn't rely on running, but when he ran, he ran. You know. So, I just pulled up his stats here. He had um, like three thousand passing, or twenty five hundred passing yards, a thousand rushing yards, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I wish it broke it down here. Oh, here it is. Um, he had thirty six touchdowns. Um. 3,127 yards, which, I mean, that's not that's, – that's pretty good. That's it's a good uh, – That's all right. 3,100 yards is not – it's meh. But for those guys like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you know, Tom Brady, those guys that just sit back all day, you want to see about 4,000 yards. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, 1,000 yards rushing, so that's kind of unique. He had yeah twelve hundred yards rushing, one hundred and seventy six rushing. That's like a that's literally a running back. Um, how many rushes? How many how many rushes did he have? One hundred and seventy six. Yeah, they placed. He played how many games? Seventeen. Sixteen games. Yeah, that's like eleven carries a game. Fifteen games, sorry. That's that's less than ten carries a game. How many? So how many carries did like Sony Michelle have? Sony Michelle, he split carries. It was like ten. So, give me, like, a running back um, who wasn't hurt. Because I'm thinking Zeke, but he was hurt. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Um, he had – he had over 200 rushing – or rushes. Yeah. 220 rushes. Okay. But I still think uh, – I still think he's – Regardless, I, I think he's got to take a step back. I don't think he's top three. But I I don't. We'll see. All right. Um, so the NHL, uh, Mike, what do you think they're uh, – what they got to do here? So, I mean, it's, it just sucks because they had like 18 games left or something like that before the playoffs were to start. And usually, I mean, we're, we're on uh, April 3rd now, so – the playoffs would be in full swing, uh, I believe. Yeah, usually they're starting the playoffs and they're going by now. But um, how do they go about this? I don't know. Could they? Are they just gonna go with the the standings that were that were there when the season got canceled or postponed, and then just start the playoffs whenever this clears up? Or do you? I I don't know. Like it's hard because. So the entry draft is usually the end of June, and we're delayed to the point where the, I, they can't really – they're going to have to move the draft. I mean, they could keep the draft, but they, it's likely that they're going to have to move it. Me personally, I'd like to see them just pick up right where they left off because it will take about three months. Playoffs and Stanley Cup usually take about two months, and then those last couple games, you can fit those all in a month. It's about – It'd be tough, maybe more than three months, maybe three and a half, something like that. But I, I'd like to see them do that. But then it's also hard because, you know, as the season goes on, this is for any season, there's always a flow. There's always kind of like teams that get hot, teams that start to fizzle out, you know. Like the Bruins for in first place, they were hot as heck. And now you just wonder, if say we come back and we have to play 18 games, are they going to be just as hot? Is, you know, David Pasternak going to 
be still be on pace to score a million goals. It's just, it's hard to say. And I mean, a team like the lightning, um, they were hot, hot and without Steven Stamkos. And now that he's recovering from his surgery, when, if this season does come back, all, all the, all these guys who are injured, they're just going to be fresh. It's going to be like the beginning of a new season. It's, it's really odd what, what the situation is. But regardless, I think that the best thing to do would be to play the remaining games or even just a shortened version of it, maybe shorten it to like 10 games or something like that, just to give teams a chance to get back into a flow of things and see how. Yeah, you wouldn't want to just hop right into the playoffs. It would be a sloppy playoffs. And I know, I know hockey playoffs, they take a long time. It's one of the yeah. longer playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's a grind. Sports. That's one of the things. It's a grind. They're like, it's, if you make it all the way to the Stanley Cup, you will have played – a uh, hundred games of hockey. For that yeah, season. I know it. Watching Stanley Cup, I know it's like when you watch the beginning of like hockey season and the end, it's like it's a little bit more sloppier. These guys are just fucking beat out, so they're just tri- they're they're just trying to. It's not always more. sloppier, but the fatigue is definitely a factor. Yeah, um, and I think it's so. Let's say they start in May. Um, that would take us what through July. You would think? If they start at the beginning of May, yeah, I'd say they'd finish in the end of July. Yeah. Maybe even, like, game seven of the Stanley Cup in August. Woo. They'd be playing all summer. And then you wonder, what are they going to do for the next season? Are they just going to delay it? Are they going to – because usually, usually preseason starts in September. Yeah. So, it's odd. You don't know what to do. It's – so would they just shorten the next season or like, you know, start sure, it in? Yeah. I'm sure there's much more qualified people that are discussing this than we yeah, are. Yeah. And it's just, like it's weird, especially for even for, like I was talking about earlier, the entry draft, like when do they move that? Like, it's just, it's just interesting, you know? Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure college hockey was still going. Yeah. Yeah, they were in their everything was Everything was pretty much a full swing, uh, except football. Um, but yeah, now you also have to compete with, you know, uh, the Bruins play at the Garden, at uh, TD Garden in Boston. So it's like you have uh, the Celtics play there. Um, you have the Bruins that play there. And then you have, you know, God knows if they even do concerts this summer. But, yeah, I'm sure you're going to have rescheduling dates. Um yeah. For concerts there, so you have. There's got to be a lot of lot of schedule yeah. conflicts that we'll have to be able to, you know, improvise with, and I don't know. It's 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 a very confusing process, I guess. Um, but oh, we will see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, person, I I want to see. You can see maybe with the Bruins flag behind me. Uh, I want to see the last couple games of the season because I want to I want to give the Bruins the chance. Because if for some weird reason they were to just hop right into the playoffs, say okay, Bruins are the one seed, that'd be great. But I'd be nervous as a Bruins fan because you you worry because that's what happened with the Bruins last year. We were hot, hot, hot all through the season. There was a there was like a stretch of like a month and a half where we didn't go a game without at least one point. You know, we lost in overtime or won the game. And they were hot as hell, number one team in the league. And then right as playoffs were creeping in, we were fading off. Yeah, we made it to the Stanley Cup, but the path was kind of paved for us. I don't want to see that. I want to give the Bruins a chance to to play those 
15 or so games, get into the groove of things, remember how they win, how they do things like that, and then go to the playoffs. You know, yeah. even if they are, even if they suck in those 18 games, you know, like yeah, they need I, to remind themselves of what they. Can I think do. I think there needs to be there. There will definitely be some uh, some games whether whether or not it's going to be the full 18 before um, playoffs starts because you need you need to get these guys get their legs under them. You can't just throw these dudes into a playoff game and expect them to perform at, you know, top-notch quality when they've been off for two months. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're all working out and stuff like that, keeping their sticks yeah, in but their it's, hands, you but can't, it's different. You can't go out there, get on ice, and just get, uh, you know, practice, get tagged by some freaking defender, you know? Like, you just yeah, can't. no, it's different. It's different. So, I think they'll, yeah. they'll give them some games. Um, I think – I don't know if it'll be the full 18. Um, maybe they got to play and compact more games. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, you know, day after day. Uh, I don't really know what um what they would do. But, but yeah, it's an interesting situation either way. Yeah. Um, I do a little golf. Something sure, let's move on. Up. All right. Um, PGA Tour. Yeah. I uh, obviously the Masters and like the Players Championships, all that shit has been canceled. Um, uh, I'm so upset. I really thought golf was going to be the one to stay. Yeah, because yeah. that's like, you know, even here, like, I don't know about where you guys live, but country clubs are still open. Uh, yeah, we still got the courses open over here. Uh, there you no, go. Our, you go our country some... club shut down. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, even your golf course? Yeah. Maine. Wow. <laughs> open. Um, and Mass is getting hit hard. Yeah. Um, who, so, who do you guys think um, – the best golfer right now is, you know, you could be like all time, you could like fucking Tiger, but like. If we're talking all time, no, no, no. Are we talking right now or all time? Right now. Literally, this. So let's say golf is going on, you know, Masters are coming up. What? Who do you think you have right? Like, who do you have right now? Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka? All right. 100%. It's got to be wow. Brooks Kepka. I'm rolling with uh, Rory. You like Rory? I like Rory too. Rory's had a weird <laughs> career. Um, dude was like, he was good. Um, he was kind of cheeks for like. For he is cheeks. No, no, he was so he was good. Like, back in 2014. Yeah, he he really struggled. Like he didn't win a mat like a, um, a major in years. Um, and then he really picked his game back up. Um, and I think he he'll always be considered one of the best golfers like going. But I think right now he he is. Um, and little personal story. Rory actually yelled at me for uh, speaking. At, uh, I went to the um, the Deutsche Bank in Attleboro or Norton or whatever. Um, and I was talking. And when you go to tournaments, they have, like, this fucking sign. It's like, please stop talking. They basically tell you to shut up. And I was talking to my dad. And Rory looked over at me and goes, shut the fuck up. And his weird uh, – his, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like us to you God. all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but that was my, that's my one interaction with Rory. Um, <laughs> I think I, I still think he's one of the better golfers. I think he'll he has to win a if golf picks up, he has to win a major this year. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I like Brooks. Um, I just think he's just got the ability to win a, win a tournament anytime, anytime he's in it. Yeah, he cuts so well. Hits the ball so far, it's just he's just in a different range. You yeah, know? he um, he 
won the what was his last major? He won he won a PGA championship in uh twenty nineteen. So I mean yeah, yep. he uh he'll, he's he's definitely one of the best ones. I, I still think Rory right now has a little bit of an edge on him. He had a good twenty nineteen. Yeah, he had the PGA championship. Um he uh Defended, yeah, he defended the PGA. I think he won the. I think he won the U.S. Open two years ago or something like that. Yeah, um, but he has a knee injury, um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Ricky Fowler replaced him at Presidents Cup. He won the U.S. Open back in 2011. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so he's got two majors. I thought he had three. Uh he's he's got a few. Uh, he's got two championships. Yeah, but um, golf. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, I, I guess we're gonna wrap up with uh, uh what's your worth again? What's your worth? All right. So uh, I went with two players this time. Um, would you guys rather go basketball or football first? Let's do basketball. Let's do basketball. All right. Uh, so five years, one hundred and seventy-three million dollars. There's four Ooh, left. What? The heck? Four left on his contract, and his best stat category from the last year he played, or this past year, is 15 points per game. Al Horford? Nope. No, no, no. Hold on. He's got a five-year contract, and he averaged 15 a game? Did he get hurt? Uh, yeah. Um, Eastern Conference. Yeah, I was gonna. Is it Kyrie? Nope, not Kyrie. Kyrie's got a bag though. Yeah, I was thinking he got a huge contract, and he got a he got injured at some point. I thought Eastern yeah, Conference. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's KD. No, it is Blake Griffin. Oh God! What? Yeah, <laughs> the dude got paid. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he, good in years. What? He, well, he so he averaged twenty six points per game and like seven and five oh, the God. year before last, and then this past year he averaged fifteen six and four. Ah, oh, that's tough. Huge. Just an job. off year, you think he'll bounce back? I don't, I think the year before he was playing for a contract extension, and then he got it, and then he doesn't really care. Not anymore. happy. Yeah. Oh. I think of him right. with the Clippers. That was yeah. Oh, um, dang! Right. I was not. I wasn't even thinking, big man. Yeah. So uh, this next guy, football. I'll give you. Um, yeah. So he played in. I think his contract is about set like halfway over, but this was his initial contract. Five years. $80.5 million with $35 million guaranteed expires in 2020. His best stat from this past year was a total of four tackles. Um, fuck. Four, four <laughs> solo tackles. Was he hurt? Yeah, he played in two games. Year, year before that, he had a total of 29 solo tackles. I was thinking he's got to be a safety or a corner. Oh. Josh Norman? No. Did he get hurt? 
Uh, I think he got hurt. I, he probably did. No, I was asking if jo- Josh Norman got hurt. Yeah, Josh uh, Norman got hurt, and he refused to play, and they cut his ass, remember? But they wouldn't pay him if he was cut. Yeah, they just cut him this offseason. It, do you want me to tell you who it was, or Mike, you want to take a guess? I'm still thinking. Wait, can you give us, like, uh, what division is he, is he in? Do you want division or conference? The conference. Conference. Uh, let me check, because I don't know my NFL conference is that hot, because they do it weird. He is... Uh, NFC. NFC. Um, the Redskins are NFC South. Yeah, NFC South. That's the Redskins. The no, it's not. Bucks. Um. Oh, the yeah, the Bucks. The um, I know that conference. Oh my gosh. Panthers, Falcons, Falcons, and uh, Saints. Um. What the heck? Five years, eighty point five million. But he only had like Luke Keekley. I uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. Luke Keekley got hurt. Yeah, he, he, retired. he retired. Do you want to know who it was? Yeah, yeah, give it to us. It was defensive tackle Kawan Short. What? <laughs> Dude got a bag and played two games dude oh my god i mean he's <laughs> oh i didn't even think of that short i thought he was gonna be like some like safety or yeah i was thinking someone that doesn't get a lot of, wow four yeah. tackles in two games what a, you're a waste of space yeah <laughs> no, sure but, uh, 80 point, i mean it makes sense because he was on the panthers team that went to the super bowl and he balled out that year he had a really good year so yeah. it makes sense that they would pay him. And he's pretty young, I think. He's in his mid-20s, mid to late-20s. So. He's, he's 30 now. He just hit 30. He did. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's like f- his prime contract. Yeah. That's a big contract. That's tough. But yeah. he's still a good player. I just, oof, he's not worth that. Yeah. $80 million is a lot. <laughs> All, right. All right. Uh, any last thoughts or, uh, before we part ways? No. All right, boys. Um, all right, well, stay safe. Uh, whoever listens, thank you. And uh, stay safe as well. I'll, uh, I'll see you guys next week. Peace. All peace. right, peace.